The Bulletin. 11 o'clock at the Bulletin in just a moment uh, with our own Ben Strang. We're also sharing with Radio New Zealand. Granted, he probably does a little bit more with RNZ. Uh, before that, a couple of more of your text messages talking about the sporting contest that you will remember fondly from 2023. Logan writes, best sporting performance of the year has to be our social bowls team on a Tuesday and a tiebreaker when toe-to-toe in an epic battle on the green. Proud moment for team Incredi Bowls. Thank you, Logan. I need a little bit more context. Yeah, I'm just saying, I have to take your word for it that you went toe-to-toe. Epic battle. Go on, give me some context. Who, who performed in the team? Was it you? Did you carry the load? Was there someone else? Uh, love a detailed blow-by-blow account. I can't get enough of weekend warriors or midweek warriors in this instance. Tuesday night bowls. Um, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Dave, for also um, playing the part. Morning, gentlemen. Dave O here. My sporting moment would be from the Sport of Kings. Imperatres killing the Aussies in the sprints over there. We don't usually have a horse good enough to take on their top sprinters, so her winning three group ones was huge. Uh, if Louis was here, he'd, uh, he'd nod and probably go, absolutely great shout. Maybe Brian can do that on your behalf, but he's too busy. He's too busy organising uh, our next guest. It is time for the Bulletin. He will be joining us in commentary uh, for the third and final one-day international between New Zealand and uh, Bangladesh. It is... From RNZ, Mr. Ben Strang, how are you, Ben? It's been I'm too long. Too I'm not too bad. Uh, it was uh, it was very very enjoyable listening to you yesterday on the uh, on the call. Such a great game of cricket too. It was uh, it was a very good game to watch. Geez, my Sakar, he went all right, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean New Zealand gave him plenty of chances as well. But when you uh, yeah, afforded those chances in international cricket, you'd like to think someone will kick on like that, and that was. Uh, a, a glorious innings, really. Um, some of the stroke play was was absolutely superb in foreign conditions. Um, to soar up that that list of highest scoring Bangladeshi cricketers in one day internationals, it was uh, it was pretty special. Yes, uh, you know you'll keep coming back to some fielding errors, and and it felt very un New Zealand like uh, some some of the fielding, but uh, you can't take him take away from him what was a, a pretty spectacular innings. Yeah, some of the fielding in both games are a little bit underwhelming from both sides. Uh, so he gets an A+. Plus. I made the point to Jeremy Coney and Chris Harris after the game in our end-of-game rap that if I was to judge the other 10 players, I'm not sure anyone gets over 50%. I'm not, I, I, I think all of them have to repeat the level. It really was a one-man showing from Bangladesh. They were quite disappointing. Yeah, I mean, 169 out of 290, it doesn't leave much for the rest, does it? And I think, uh, was it Mushfika who scored... 45, but didn't kick on to a 50. Uh, everyone else was pretty poor. I mean, we, you know, listening to you guys talk about it and, and just the the way the pitch was playing, it seemed to be an absolute belter. Um, I think, you know, in hindsight, a, a winning score is probably sort of 340, 350 uh, in the end. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they got nowhere near to, to lose the types of wickets that they lost early on. They were so... Uh, meek. They were they were they were really um, poor wickets to lose. Something I thought I'd you know you might see in cl- club cricket rather than international cricket. Some of those dismissals. So a lot of work needs to be done by that Bangladesh top order in particular because they're not going to be able to rely on one guy scoring 170 again. Like that's I mean 
here's hoping they do on on Saturday when I'm calling the game. But uh, but it's very <laughs> unlikely. So other people need to to step up. You need you know two or three contributions to set up a really good total in one day international cricket, and and Bangladesh are well short of that. Uh, Will Young, another fine effort. He'll be really disappointed he didn't join the likes of Ross Taylor. He's done on multiple occasions. Great batch from the early 90s. Martin Guptill to have scored consecutive hundreds uh, for New Zealand in one day international men's uh, cricket. Jeez, uh, he's a valuable commodity to have in a squad, whether it's in the middle order, top order. He's a great backup because that's what he is. He's a backup, but a really fine one. Yeah, that, that's what's astonishing, isn't it? Is if, if this was a full-strength New Zealand squad, will, would Will Young have played? Uh, probably not. Uh, that just shows how you know deep this era of New Zealand cricket is in that Will Young can barely get a game. Um, it was another uh, imposing innings from him. I think that's the, the best word from um, what I saw of him. He was just uh, imposing on the bowling attack. He, he didn't let them have anything, really. He was... Um, he was superb. It was a, a real shame because I know he would have loved to have joined a, a fellow CD legend in Ross Taylor and, and you know, back-to-back yeah. centuries. That, that, was, uh, that would actually mean quite a lot to, to him, I, I would imagine. Um, it was also good to see Henry Nichols in the runs. You know, this is a, a guy who certainly faces a lot of criticism uh, in, in, in cricket, um, particularly this year with the... Uh, Let's just call it the incident in domestic cricket. Um, but, you know, his form hasn't really been sparkling in test cricket. It hasn't been sparkling in one-day cricket. I'm surprised he's only ever scored one one-day international century. Uh, to fall short of that second one is agonising, but uh, it is good to see that he is hopefully finding some form ahead of this home summer as well. Yeah, if there's one thing Canterbury's learned, if, if, if you want a doctorable, don't get Henry Nichols to do it. He's obviously not very good at it. He couldn't. He couldn't even alter the ball, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, quite funny now when you look back on it. There was so much hysteria around it. You've actually got to alter the ball uh, significantly to get in big trouble. All right, where do we go? Um, I, I, nothing worse when a broadcaster says, "I told you so." I told everyone the other day, Daryl Mitchell should get more than Rachin Ravindra. He got a lot more. <clears throat> Yes, well, people don't realise how smart you are, McCarty. You know, it's well. That is correct. It's one of your gifts. It's one of your gifts yeah. that you are humble to the field. You know, yep, mm, yep humble, very humble. Um, humble. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I mean, it, it, he absolutely was deserving of a bigger payday. The question was whether, you know, you see some IPL hysteria sometimes, don't you, at the auction where somebody's yeah. done something amazing recently. Um, they might tick some boxes uh, as far as the. Uh, commercial side of the game, and then they go massive. And, and Rach and Ravindra, you know, technically ticks all of those boxes. Young, good-looking, of Indian descent, uh, you could just imagine him going massive. Uh, to get, what was it, 350k New Zealand is absolutely superb, and his landing spot uh, at the Chennai Super Kings is brilliant as well, because um, I, I was talking to Devin Conway, he's thrilled that, you know, one of his best mates is going to be there, um, yeah, the atmosphere close. of the team is is remarkably good. It's a it's a real family club. So, you know, if Rachin's parents, if if his partner wants to come over and enjoy the IPL, they'll be flowing to every game. You know, that they won't have to worry about expense or anything. They'll be flowing to every game. They can watch every game. They'll be looked after. 
those little things, I think, really make a difference uh, in, in playing for one IPL club or, or another. And Chennai is one that is very, very good in that respect. And for Daryl Mitchell to also be going to the Chennai Super Kings, to have yeah. four New Zealanders there, I mean, I think that has to be the default uh, IPL franchise that Kiwis support, right? I mean, it's got half the Black Caps squad in it. Um, but Daryl Mitchell, so deserving. I saw Stephen Fleming said he was he was their main target, was Daryl Mitchell. They had lost Ben Stokes. He'd, he'd disappeared, uh, you know, from, from next, next year's IPL. He wasn't going to be playing. Um, Daryl Mitchell is a bit of a like-for-like replacement. What I'm really interested in now is if either of them actually play, because... Uh, last year, Ben Stokes was on similar money and didn't play a game. Uh, Stephen Fleming's not not afraid of of stockpiling incredible talent and not using them. So uh, the the next test for these guys is to actually get game time, and I just don't think that's even secure, despite their talent. And of course, you need to play a significant amount of games to get the full uh, auction price. You still get a substantial amount of it, even if you're on the sidelines, mm. right? That's my interpretation of how it works. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's my understanding as well. Is that it's uh, you know there's there's sort of a, a pay as you play um, part of it. There's certainly a, a, a percentage of retainer or, or whatever that you know may be for for the players. But um, unless you're actually playing a certain number of the games, then you can't expect all the money. Um, you, like I say, they're still going to be paid phenomenally well. But uh, yeah, it's, it, I, the IPL is so fascinating. For Ben Stokes to go there last year and not play a game, and that's because I think Stephen Fleming just he prioritises the squad dynamics above everything else, uh, and and the squad dynamic was working perfectly. Uh, so now Rachin Ravinja has to kick out somebody like Devin Conway or Rutaraj Gaikwad to get into the team. Uh, you know, an Indian opener uh, in 2020s. Good luck. That's that's a, a pretty tough task. They're two fantastic batters. Uh, Daryl Mitchell has to squeeze into a pretty packed middle order, uh, hoping to play alongside someone like. You know, Ms. Dhoni. Uh, that's that's a tall order as well. So, um, massive congratulations to them for for their paydays, and they are well deserved. Uh, but th- now's the tough part where you've got to try to actually crack the squad, which is absolutely no given with Stephen Fleming being, uh, you know, a pr- pretty ruthless coach. Even if um, he he breeds a, an environment that is 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 so fantastic. So yeah, very interesting to watch. And should we put the base in reserve on the you know, January 28th and tell the ECNZ, uh, you know, technical team to send a commentary kit down because both finals of the Super Smashers will be played at the Basin? Title town, mate. Title town. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. It'll be fantastic to be there. Uh, I'm, I see that the Firebirds are starting their campaign at 4 o'clock. Uh, I expect it to be a good start against Otago. Um, and, and I trust everything you say. You are... Um, as we've talked about, humble, good-looking, and, and one of yeah. the smartest and you know, going around. So if you say it's going to happen, then ECNZ better listen, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I hate to fly in the face of public opinion. I really do. <laughs> I, I really do. Uh, Wellington, our favourites, only just to win that. As far as outrights for the Women's Super Smash, uh, Wellington are pretty warm favourites, aren't they? I think Canterbury Magicians, who did upset them last time out, um, are second favourites, of course. And as far as the men's uh, competition, as I am now being serious, people, it's not just all Wellington propaganda. Uh, the favourites are Canterbury. Canterbury are quite warm favourites, actually. Mm. Wellington are second, second bottom. Uh, uh, Otago are at the bottom as far as the uh, the uh, favouritism tag at the TAB is concerned. All right, should we go one plus one equals Michael Checkers returning to the Wallabies? He's quit his post 
at the Pumas. There's not, you know, what could possibly go wrong going back to a coach who's done it before in Australia? I'm, I'm, mm. I'm sure there's no recent evidence that going back isn't always the best uh, way forward. <laughs> the, yeah, the, I mean, this is perplexing to me. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand this at all. I think Michael Checker is a really good coach. Like, don't get me wrong. I think he's done really good things with Argentina. What I liked about what he did with Argentina was it felt to me like they had a sort of us versus them mentality that he had he'd sort of built this thing where Argentina felt like you know they were almost going to get ripped off in these games against the big dogs so they had to to find something extra to beat teams and, and he, he did beat teams he's he's beaten the All Blacks he's beaten all of these sides so um, he's done a really good job with Argentina um, I see this in two ways like why would Australia go backwards like do they not learn from from experience um, which seems like obviously not but uh, also, why would why would Michael Checker want to go back? Like, I, I get that it's I get that it's your your country, right? I get you're on Australian, and to coach the Wallabies is probably the pinnacle um, growing up. But just the the shambles it is. Like, is it is it ego driven that you just want to uh, be the guy who turns around the Wallabies, or is it you know something else? Like, surely there would be massive offers from overseas to go to Europe or something. Um, what he had in Argentina, I actually think is pretty good. Um, maybe it's not the the ideal rugby environment, but I just I find it confusing from both ends, to be honest. Like Australian rugby shambles. Michael Checker, why? Why would you do it? <laughs> yeah, good on you, Ben. Felipe Contempomi, now coach of the Pumas. He, he he's full of passion and pride. It'll be interesting to see how he can take them now next year. Great to chat, mate. Enjoy Saturday. Have a great call. Merry Christmas to you and yours, mate. We'll hear from you soon. Merry Christmas to you as well and to all the listeners. Have a great Christmas and New Year. Thank you very much, Ben Strange, joining the programme, part of the Bulletin 7 away from 11 back after this break.